0: Thank you.
1: In the late 80s and early 90s, immigration is a word that took over Hong Kong schools by storm. Where are your mummy and daddy immigrating to? Canada? America? Australia? At my 10th birthday party, my parents announced we'll be moving to Australia in three years' time. With my baby sister in tow, we'll get to embark on a new adventure together. We'll get to make friends with pretty girls with golden locks with funny accents. G'day, mate. (laughs) We're super excited. But my first day at the new school in Australia turns out to be one of the longest days in my life. I can hardly understand a word the teachers are saying. I feel so isolated. When most kids look forward to recess and lunchtime, I dread it. Because it exposes to the fact that I have no friends. I feel so ashamed to be a complete loser sitting in the corner by myself with a pot of fried rice that I brought from home. Before I have a chance to acclimatise, I find out we'll have to go on our first school camp of the year. I was so worried. I thought about making myself sick so I won't have to go on this camp. I pray to God each night, hoping that I'll find a friend who would be happy to share a tent and a canoe with me and it works. There's a girl who doesn't have a partner either because she skipped year seven. At that point, I've never canoed or even seen a tent in my life, or this thing called billy pot. Apparently, it's a compact pot with many internal compartments that Aussies take to the bush to cook food. And my new friend tells me that she'll show me the rope. My clothes are completely inadequate for the canoeing trip. I'm absolutely freezing and my pants are drenched in water. My partner sits behind me and keeps yelling at me to roll faster. My arms are about to fall off by the time we reach the shore. But the ordeal doesn't stop here. We now have to hike all the way to the campsite. At that moment, I realise why my partner has loaded my backpack with most of the equipment that we're meant to share. (laughs) The frames of the tent, the billy pot, and a tatty, funny-smelling bottle filled with kerosene that's meant for the billy pot. I look at my feet. My mum's given me her old leather boots that are one size too small for me. I could hardly stand up with these boots and this humongous load on my back. And I struggle to keep up with the girls in front of me as we hurry our way towards the campsite to get there before dark. I'm in tears. My feet are burning and my blisters, and the blisters are starting to emerge. But I ignore the pain and I started singing, show me the way to go home <laughs> as I push myself forward but then my heart sank when I see some girls walking gingerly onto a big log to cross over the river. My mum's old pointy leather boots are not only hurting my feet and killing me, but they actually have no traction left in the sole. I put one foot onto the log and I panic. How am I going to balance on this slippery, narrow log with these shoes and a humongous bag on my back? You can't even see my, 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 my head from behind me. It's so big. And if I fall into the river, will my partner come and save me? I'm not too sure. <laughs> I have no choice. I see the girls in front getting smaller and further away. I get down all fours and start wrapping my legs around the log <laughs> and I pull myself across the log. With this khaki colour back on my back, I look like a real turtle crawling across. (laughs) I want to give up so many times, but I want to fit into this new home even more. From that point onwards after the camping trip, I drag myself out of bed at 5am each day to prepare for the classes ahead. My tattered Oxford Chinese English Dictionary becomes my best friend. And when it becomes so hard to get out of bed during winter, I think about my bleeding feet and turtle joys crawling across the log. And eventually um, things look up. And I am the first Chinese student to be named ducks of the school after year 12. (laughs) Although this joy is short-lived because um, I overhear some girls saying that oh, we're a bit worried that we're going to have a Chinese name be engraved onto the golden plaque that will sit in our school hall forever and ever. At that point, I realised, even though I got this status as Ducks of the School, I'm still not accepted by my new home. Luckily, the end of e 12 means the beginning of another chapter in my life. I'm about to go into a new home, the University of Melbourne, where I'll study actuarial science and law. The uni puts on an orientation week shortly before the classes officially start. And with other newbies, we are inducted into life as adult students. I experienced many firsts. Boat races. Apparently, they not, not got nothing to do with canoeing. It's actually a drinking game where you're meant to put... Um, your cup upside down on your head when you finish. <laughs> and this religious ritual for law students called PTNs. It takes me a while at my first to figure out PTN stands for Party Tuesday Night. You roll from the designated pub to your torts class the next morning. And deja vu hits when I find out that another religious ritual for us is law camp. The word camp sends a shiver down my spine. (laughs) Thankfully, it's not compulsory. But my friends begged me each day to go with them. So I did. And the packing list is a lot shorter. It just says, bring a large white sheet. I wonder what it was. Upon arrival at the campsite, I see a bunch of log cabins fabulous no pitching of stinky tents and the organizers gathers us for a uh, briefing and tells us that we tonight will have to have a toga party to christen the law students I realize aha so these white sheets are meant to go dancing in we're not going camping in these white sheets and For once in my life, I've given up my Oxford Dictionary. I actually have friends. For the first time since we moved to Australia, I have people who I call real friends. And I form a strong bond with a group of people who are like family to me. And after almost two decades, we've we've remained close no matter where we are in in the world. I cannot pinpoint exactly when the switch occurs. But by the time I sit at our university graduation after five years, I solidly call Australia home.
0: I grew up in Canada, and I feel Canadian. But even when I was a child, I was aware in a vague sense that we were Dutch. However, Bible Hill, Nova Scotia, Canada, was home, and my immigrant parents, both transplants from the Netherlands who had met, fallen in love, and married in Canada, were mom and dad, not moeder and vader. To me, Holland was as far from my identity as the Netherlands was from the maritime provinces of Nova Scotia. It was the source of the strange, conservative Calvinist church that we attended, and the inspiration of such clever comebacks as, yeah, well, if you ain't Dutch, ye ain't much. Take that. But once a year, that all changed. Once a year, a week or two before Christmas, a battered, fraying, corrugated cardboard box would arrive in the post. Now, sometimes Mom and Dad would manage to hide it in the back of the closet for us to find as we rummaged for hidden Christmas presents, but other years... We'd be lucky enough to be present for its arrival. Now, the box would have come via ship from Europe, and it would show scars of its passage. The corners would be crushed and the bags of Dutch candies inside compromised, disgorging their contents in trickles and torrents through the split sides of the package. We'd scream with absolute glee and rush around to collect the licorice, dropias, and peppermints as they fell and skittled across the floor. Now, if we could talk Mom into breaking into the package at once, instead of waiting till Christmas Eve, it would peel open to reveal what, in retrospect, came to represent the whole land of Holland and my entire distant family. Cakes of marzipan, sweet syrup waffles to accompany a cup of tea, and gifts for all, battleships or airplane models for my brothers and I, and maybe a doll for our sister. And for a few hours on that day of the year, Holland would mean so much that I would almost feel Dutch.
1: Thanks to Yuri for that example of Veraith. And thanks for listening to this story brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. Special thanks go out this week to Edward, who took care of all the storytellers in the October show. We appreciate all your work, Edward. The music for this podcast was created and performed by Andrew Robert Smith. Everyone has a story to tell. And remember, listeners, it's pointless to write with a
0: broken pencil.